What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for a newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. And we're back. I'm sorry that we had to uh, miss last week. Uh, crossover season got the best of us, as I was saying, maybe a few weeks ago. It was hard to get people scheduled more and more due to crossover season happening and definitely hit me hard personally uh, as of last week. Had uh, many softball things going on. Still had men's basketball to deal with on Saturday. I actually did uh, social media for three games at once, uh, water polo, away softball, and then uh, we were home basketball senior day against Wisconsin. Um and now it's looking going to be about the same kind of weekend. But I did have some time this week, uh, especially a few extra days. We had home opener for softball yesterday. It was amazing. Uh, hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the seventh inning to win and beat Miami of Ohio. Uh, that was super cool. And I'm glad that uh, I see one season's over and the next is beginning. And you can start focusing only on a couple of games rather than, uh, you know, or maybe even a couple of sports rather than having a, a dozen or so to worry about. So, um, yeah, we caught up with Akila Blaster. Uh, she was out at Cal, for those of you who uh, on the West Coast might have heard of her, or for one reason or another now at Tennessee. She's been there since August, I believe. Uh, had a super fun conversation, just talking a variety of topics, um, how to get, how to handle rejection, uh, how to basically go from a teacher for six years to, to going and being a GA, um, at uh, Oklahoma, and then finding her way to, to Tennessee now. We'll talk about uh, finding a happy spot where you're supposed to be, uh, along with a plethora of other things, guys, uh, that you don't want to miss. So um, I think that's going to be about it for the intro. I don't really have much to say. I hope that you guys are staying safe. Wash your hands. Um, in the wake of these uh, NCAA stories that are breaking left and right here, uh, your university or institution might be closing classes like we are. Uh, we're heading into spring break next week. Uh, following week, we will be still suspended basically for the next two weeks where students will be taking online classes. So crazy, crazy stuff. Interesting times. Um, we'll see where all leads. And above all, keep yourself safe. Keep yourself healthy. So... Yeah, we will start off episode 152 of SIDcast with Akila Laster of the Tennessee Volunteers and her uh, sport background growing up right here on SIDcast. Um, yeah, I... So I played basketball, and tennis was actually my first sport growing up. I was six years old, and then yeah. we started playing indoor tennis in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then 
we played tennis for a while over summers. My sister, one of my sisters got really, really good at it. She was like nationally ranked. So that became our family sport. And then I trans- started transitioning into basketball come like late middle school and into high school. And I thought I was probably going to play college basketball somewhere, but I ended up not going to one of the schools that offered me. This is a small D2 school. So mm-hmm. I decided to pay for college instead via student loans. Biggest regret ever. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, in high school, I used to watch Inside the NBA with, uh, I mean, I guess everybody knows what that is, but, uh, <laughs> and I saw so I wanted to be a broadcast journalism major, but like, uh, so I did that. That was where I did my undergrad in. I was at the University of Miami, uh, for undergrad and got a broadcast journalism degree, but realizing that time that one, they don't make a lot of money right away. Not that I joined a profession that did, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't like being on camera. I'm a little camera shy, and I also like t- to write. And so I kind of stumbled upon uh, sports information, and it took a while for me to get into it. So I interned at the University of Miami in the uh, athletics department right, right, pretty much right after graduation, doing, like, video for the website, um, a feature video features and all that. And that was when, like, websites were very new so mm-hmm. it was like a bunch of html codes that i didn't understand so somebody would have to like upload everything for us it was very 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 antiquated um and then i met the sids there and i kind of was interested but i didn't uh dive into that full full force or anything and i became a high school language arts teacher for six years in miami and then i started doing some freelance sports writing for local newspapers and um then i found out about the ncaa's website uh that they have all the job listings it's dangerous yeah i know <laughs> and then i um i saw that about you know graduate assistantships for sports information so i started applying to a bunch of them but I didn't have any contacts at the time. And I was interning at the Orange Bowl uh, in their communications uh, department. And University of Oklahoma, they had a graduate assistant program, the Athletics Diversity Council, that um, was uh, geared toward my, uh, bringing minorities into the industry and uh, giving us, a, or not giving us, but allowing us to attain a grad degree while we were getting some experience. And so because it, um kind of merged some of the things that I was interested in being like diversity and inclusion and communications and it had you have the op- option to go to, to different departments mm. whichever department kind of want to work in so I applied for that three times the third time I got it because <laughs> it's a super competitive program and I moved from Miami Florida to Norman Oklahoma and that's when I started in sports information from there basically the entire time so what was it like for you to I'm sorry what was it like for you to kind of go from Wisconsin down to uh, Miami I mean what made you uh want to do that kind of move oh I hate Wisconsin it's so cold uh it's just like I don't know I think it's just when you grow up somewhere um you just want to get away from home Mm -hmm. I was always super adventurous when I was younger both my older sisters went away to college and so it was just something I just was like okay I I thought it's just something that we kind of did uh in our family I guess um and so 
I was I wanted to play basketball and I was like I knew I wasn't gonna be able to play like UNC or Duke or one of the or Syracuse or you know one of the major women's basketball programs. I'm like I never heard of Miami, but they were on the list of good journalism programs, and so I took a visit down there and uh, fell in love with it. It was just like warm. It was just lively it was you know it was Miami so I was like oh this is where I'm going <laughs> so I got in did not make the basketball team I tried to walk on and yeah I mean but then I like helped out I was a manager for a little bit then I helped out in the men's basketball office and I was just kind of floating around I did win the intramurals basketball championship though so mm. I was proud <laughs> yeah, awesome. Proud moment. Uh, did you, I, I think we were kind of going through your background there for a second. Did you say you were a teacher? I was, yes. I taught uh, high school language arts for six years in Miami. I was a teacher. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I, honestly, it was because when I was working at the University of Miami, interning there, I mean, I was only making, what, 400 bucks a month. So I was like, oh, I need to do something. Something else, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, you know, pay the bills. And the teaching, like, it was cool because it allowed the flexibility wanted for me to keep my internship because I would just go in the afternoons and then, you know, it was stable. And then I could still do my freelance, freelance sports writing. And also, um, where it really helped me was, like, I worked at eight different schools in Miami because when you're, like, the, a newer teacher, they, you get surplus a lot. Mm -hmm. So you'll get moved around to different schools. And the benefit of that was I, like, really learned more about, you know, the culture and the system in Miami-Dade County. And I met a lot of different coaches mm -hmm. that I ended up covering when I was doing freelance uh, reporting. And, like, there's probably nowhere in Miami that I don't know about now. So, it, <laughs> I mean, it, it actually worked out pretty well. So. so what were some things you took away from being a teacher uh, and how have they applied to what you do now? Yeah, I think most of the, the main thing is being able to just kind of connect with a, a younger generation, mm -hmm. a younger audience. I mean, when I was when I first started, I was 22, so I wasn't that much older than the high school students. But uh, just being able to kind of relate to their their struggles, uh, understanding their mentality, the things that they value, what they need uh, from somebody in a more authoritative and adult role in their life as far as support and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it gave me some time to read more, which is always helpful when you write a lot and some create some ways to like kind of creatively connect with, uh, the students. I think those are the things that I continue to lean on when I talk to our student athletes, like they are my students most of the time. <laughs> still. <laughs> So for somebody maybe that's trying to balance that line of like, hey, I need a better connection with my athletes. So, because one, I think it, it gets you more stories, especially at the small college <laughs> level to, to get you those sorts of things. And two, um, I think it's just nice to have those relationships outside of your office. Um, how would somebody go about developing that? And where do you think the fine line is between being a professional that can also, you know, be their friend, help them out, when, be the authoritative figure, as you said, versus being yeah. their BFF? Yeah, I mean, I think it's different for being in college because they're all technically adults, so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, I just try to talk to them like like I respect them mm -hmm. as I respect one of my coworkers. Um, I mean, I, I will pull that um, I'm older than you, Carve, when I need to. <laughs> but um, I think just being around and then asking them questions or, you know, 
noticing something about them if they normally if they wear something that stands out to me i'll compliment them or ask them where they got it or ask them what kind of music they're listening to because i'm like i need something new for my uh (laughs) my iphone you know when i'm working out or whatever or what movies they're watching if they're from a place that i've been to i'll ask them about a place about some things and i'm like oh they'll be surprised that you know you know where they're from and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff but you know just general uh, i think just basic things that you do to uh get to know anybody helps i think it helps that i look a little younger so i've been told um so that they think i'm one of their peers and i'm like no i'm about to be 35 and they're like oh wow and then they ask me about being old so I don't, know. I don't know if I have a strategic approach. And it's hard for me to build relationships with all of the student athletes. I mean, some some teams and some athletes, I have much closer relationships. But I think as nervous as we are to, you know, meet new people just in general as humans, once you get past those nerves, I think you just got to push yourself to get past those nerves and have the first awkward conversation, but then they'll start speaking to you. Even if the conversation was awkward the previous time, cause they know oh, this weird, this is that weird person is going to be asking me things. So uh-huh. I think I just kind of suck it up and just say, well, you know, I do want to have a relationship with them. I mean, some people you're not, some of them you're not, aren't going to like, honestly. <laughs> so you just got to <laughs> deal with them uh, how you need to. But it helps if you have a couple on each team that you can lean on uh, to get, you know, more information and all of that. So I think I just try to find commonalities. And then sometimes I'm just like, look, I need a story. So tell me some stuff about you. Let me see if I can figure out something. Yeah, see if we can play an angle there. Um, yeah. Let's get back to some of your background here. You said you, you kept applying, kept applying, kept applying. You were also doing some freelance stuff and some teaching mm-hmm. things, just trying to make this work. I mean, what was life like for you to – you said you applied to something three times, and yeah. on the third try, but, you got it. So what was that like for you personally? Um, I don't know. I was in my 20s, and I found, I found I had a lot more energy. And I don't really take rejection from, like – professional rejection like hard most of the time so I was just like okay well whatever I'll kind of try to learn from anytime I didn't get something um but yeah I mean it was very busy I was coaching basketball too at the time high school basketball for a travel team so again like I don't know how how I did it thinking about that now because I'm like I just want to go home and go to sleep most of the time when I'm done working but yeah I think the life was crazy. It was busy, but it was fun. Um, I was just super driven. I I really enjoyed teaching a lot. Like I learned a lot. I enjoy reading. I like the 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 steady. The hours are steady. I like the vacation time. I love the students. Um, but I just knew that sports was calling me. I'm like I I always do something surrounding sports. Whether it was the coaching, whether it was the freelance writing. Um, watching it you know volunteering at different um bowl games or with different sports organizations and I was like I feel like I should just try and then that Oklahoma like going to that going to Oklahoma as a GA was like a really great transition from the part-time to the full-time and so I really knew it's just something I don't know just when I saw that that uh, posting and read the description about the program it just resonated with me it's the only thing I've ever ever applied to multiple times and 
I just felt like I kept getting closer each time or like I just knew like I could tell that I didn't get it one time because I was just like I didn't think I did a really strong interview but I knew I could have do better so I was like okay mm-hmm. next time I'm gonna make sure I do A through Z yeah and I did so I'm glad that we're having this talk because this is going to be this time of year after March Madness is over, which will everybody will know their fate come Sunday. Um, right. To where it's going to become kind of job hunting season for some people. I mean, we've got, under, mm-hmm. for myself included, and we've got underground interns right now that keep applying to stuff, and they are getting rejected. And, you know, it it's okay that you don't take something well, but what would you, because I think you and I are in the same way, because I don't take rejection especially from like a university or a job or anything like that. Like I don't take it personally either. I understand yeah. that it's a business. Um, so what would you say to those that might be kind of going into this? I mean, cause you're going to, excuse me, as I bump my elbow on the desk, um, going into this job hunt season that uh, you're going to get rejection letters and that's okay. How, how do you think people deal with that internally? Yeah. I just think, gotta realize it's not personal most of the time and just use it as an experience for the next one there's gonna be something to take away and this this has been like for a long time even when I was just getting rejected at internships while I was still in undergrad I would listen to questions that they asked and if I wasn't prepared for that those questions the next time I interviewed with whoever I would make sure I was prepared with those questions or with answers for those questions the follow the following time and so you just use everything as a learning tool and you have to keep applying and like just I mean everybody gets rejected because every job can't have everybody can't offer to everybody it's just not possible but the perfect job will come the right fit will come even if it ends up being a terrible experience it'll be for a good reason like you'll learn a lot I've learned I haven't always had great experiences everywhere I've worked in general not just in in sports but just in general but I've learned something I've taken something away from all the experiences I've had whether they've been good or bad so kind of just remembering just to use it as a a stepping stone uh and a learning tool for something better that's going to be coming and always just being willing to still um volunteer and intern wherever in anything that may seem arbitrary to where your final destination will be Awesome. Well, um, let's get back to, uh, again, where we keep like, this is what happens when I talk to people. We like start going <laughs> on the path and then we get into this big old tree of it's questions. Here. Awesome. Well, um, when you got to Oklahoma, you said that uh, you, you, t- you were interested in some sports information stuff with Miami. Uh, now you finally got the job at Oklahoma. What were some things that they maybe had you do? Some things you weren't expecting out of this industry? Yes. That was a big thing. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know like all the details that communication. I just knew like, oh, you know, I'm gonna have the players talking to me, and I'm gonna just, you know, write stories about them. That was what literally what I was thinking about. I'm like, oh no, okay, I gotta like make these books and keep these stats and update these websites. And oh, I didn't know about traveling with the team. And I didn't know you would be assigned to multiple sports. Like, I, you know, it was just a lot <laughs> to learn. And then what the relationship was like with coaches. I had no real idea of the kind of the the structure of uh, athletics department in, in great detail. Because I wasn't really paying attention to it when I was interning. Because um, 
I, I ironically left. My supervisor was off site when I was interning at Miami. She would like come in maybe once or twice a week from the uh, Key West. And then, so I was just like in my office, kind of just chilling and free floating everywhere that I wanted to go. But I didn't, I mean, you know, just hanging out. So I didn't know the structure. And I didn't know, like, athletic departments were so vastly different culturally mm-hmm. um, at different places. So that was a, a big surprise as well. Um, yeah, I was really shocked when I went to move to Oklahoma because I hadn't, haven't lived in a, small town before mm-hmm. like i mean milwaukee's not the biggest city but it, i mean we have an nba team we have an mlb team so like a mid-major city and in miami you know obviously miami and so that was interesting and i was like oh people really care about sports here or like oklahoma sports which was also surprising so yeah what was it like kind of going from because because i'm dealing with this now like in earlier in the year I'm, i came from a d2 school where i did all my undergrad mm-hmm. and stuff so Nobody gave a crap about what we yeah. did in Evansville. And then all of a sudden we get here and, oh, my God, even men's soccer is just demanding yeah. from the fan base. So what was it like, <laughs> kind of the adjustment? Because you, you went from you were coaching a little, you're being a teacher, and now you're catering to a fan base that is like a rabid fan base, you know? Yeah. Um, it was interesting. I I mean, I'm still adjusting. to. I, I always say, like, because I'm, I love sports, but I've never been like fanatical about anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't understand why people are so attached to teams in the manners in which they are, where you're like ready to fight somebody else mm-hmm. behind a team. Like that's interesting to me. But I also thought it was really cool that for the student athletes in particular that they had so many people so willing to watch them and support them and so moved by their presence and so inspired by by them regularly i thought i thought that was cool i like being in a place where people do care about the sports Mm -hmm. but i also like being in a place where people have a balanced mind about the sports as well and i don't think you can really often find that honestly especially in college sports because most of them are in small towns and that's like the Mm -hmm. only thing really really popping but I like the amount of resources that a school like Oklahoma has and that they invest in there in, into the student athletes. And I find that here now at Tennessee as well. Like, I mean, it's really cool to see the facilities. I mean, it's pretty overwhelming at times. You're like, wow, this is crazy, you know, considering, I mean, not every athletics department looks the same. But, yeah. I mean, it, it was an adjustment, but I, I I guess what I, one thing I had to be extremely much more, like more mindful of what I posted on social media more than anything. Yeah, I would say so. A lot of people come on this show and they say like we have a passionate fan base, and I think that that's just a nice way of saying they're angry on Twitter yeah. all the time. So I think <laughs> that, that that's so basically angry, it. Yeah. and that's what I don't understand. Like I I would never care to call out a student athlete Mm -hmm. or like a child about how they did in the game or whatever you know it's their it's their experience it's their career like they can do whatever they want in my opinion nor am I really calling for coaches to be fired because I'm like I like that's not my that's not my role Mm -hmm. in society to dictate that like I'm just here to enjoy some sports and 
hope I see like a good game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I always yeah. get like the, the way that I phrase it is that like a lot of old men are getting uh, too much blood pressure, too high of blood pressure over something a nineteen year old kid does, and it just baffles I, my mind. I wonder. Yeah, I know it is. I was just like, I cannot afford to be this angry about <laughs> something that does not have a real effect on my everyday existence. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we talked about Oklahoma there a little bit, but you kind of, your time at Oklahoma came to a close. I mean, obviously your internship GA ship only lasts X number of times. So kind of same phrasing as question as earlier, where were you at with life at that time? And how did you get out to California? Um, you know, it was crazy again, like I was hustling so much. And the cool thing about working at Oklahoma in the grad assistant program is that there were like 88 graduate assistants at the same time. And so we were just like this little, little unit that just all kind of stuck together. Uh We're all going through, through the same thing. We took all our classes together and we all kind of supported each other. So we were all going to different conferences together. We would, um, you know, attend different seminars. And so we're just like really hustling, trying to like soak up as much as we could. We would all volunteer at like conference championships and and championships and regionals, like anything we could put our, like put our hands on, we would get. And I think because of that, we were able to build a network outside of Oklahoma with the support of what the Oklahoma brand means. I mean, Josie is regarded as one of the best athletics directors in the country to this day. And so if you work under his umbrella, a lot of people have done significantly well. Um, And I was just applying to a bunch of different positions and I saw an opening at Cal and I was working with our, uh, track and field team at the time and one of our track coaches have used to work at cal and he and i had a phenomenal relationship it's ou track and field was still probably one of my favorite teams to have ever worked with since i've been here they just had a really great coaching staff at the time but he uh made a call to the head um of the communications department at Cal and just gave me this glowing review. And like, he's one of those salesmen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really have no idea what he told him, but I guess, I mean, obviously it worked. So I, you know, I had followed up and emailed, um, the head, uh, communications guy at Cal and he uh, talked to my supervisor, Debbie cop at Oklahoma at the time. And, uh, I was in, I did an interview while we were at the in Oregon for the the track and field championships and got the offer pretty much the next day and so maybe a couple of weeks later I was heading out to the Bay Area I'd never been to California well I had been to San Diego I'd never been I had no idea what I was getting myself into I thought it was gonna be warm it was like sixty degrees when I got there in July I was like oh I was really surprised. Uh-huh. But- pretty sure that northern california area i've never been to california either but i'm sure it's pretty different up there it's very different i mean it was cool and i wanted to be you know being in oklahoma while it was a very very useful experience it was difficult being in such a small uh town for me i was not used to that and so i was like i really wanted to i was really happy to be going back to like a major city yeah yeah area and so that was like uh, I was really excited about that, so it it worked out pretty well. How did uh, your experience go over? Went like, how did you kind of grow 
or we should say while you were at Cal, I mean, what were some things that uh, kind of along the same questioning earlier about like some things mm-hmm. you didn't expect? Maybe you worked with some some sports you weren't familiar with. I mean, spare no detail yeah. for us. Yeah, so I had all I had three sports at Cal, which I I was like, oh my goodness, that's a lot because I only had to do track and field, and I did uh, cross country in the uh, fall when I was at Oklahoma. So I um, never worked any of sports. I had men's soccer, men's gymnastics, and softball, and I had no idea about any of the sports. The one thing that I learned at Oklahoma or that were, were make, well, what made me confident, I should say, moving forward was my writing. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I could write. I knew I could write well. I could write before I went to Oklahoma, but, like, I learned how to write, like, for PR at Oklahoma because Debbie Cop she drilled me like no other. And, it, I mean, I hated it at the time because it was like, oh, my goodness, you're being so picky. Uh-huh. But, it, it, but I tell her to this day, like, she has been one of the reasons that I feel so confident in in my ability to be in this profession, especially in my writing. And I always get complimented on my writing, too. So um, I knew I would be able to figure things out. And I knew if I just got a chance to write, <laughs> then I would be like, okay, I would be, you know, smooth sailing from there. Um so I just had to kind of learn on the fly. People were pretty helpful about, I mean, men's soccer isn't the most difficult sport to mm. cover. Um, and our the one thing that made it easier was the head coach at Cal doesn't really like details about where people, or how people scored. So I didn't have to yeah. be like too nuanced, too jargony. So that was cool. And I was really creative. So I was really, um, really um, like, successful with social media as well so that helped a lot um and then establishing relationships with our creative team that probably changed my entire career because we made like i'm still super proud of what i did at cal from a creative standpoint with the video features that we've done i was proud of the writing that we did the graphics that we put out, then just like the tone that we set, especially for our softball, the, the Cal softball account, what we did with that just was just, it was amazing. I still like people from around the country have talked to me about like, oh, that's one of the accounts that we used to follow because of some of the things that you guys did. And that's not just me. It was like with the graphic designer and the video team too. Like we really did some really creative, really fun things to like make it its own give it its own voice and make mm-hmm. it its own like brand, so to speak. So, uh, I want to talk about two things you just said there for a second. Um, the first being, you knew that you were a good writer, but somebody still kept critiquing it over and over and over again, just to kind of mm-hmm. get it right. Uh, and I'll tell you this kind of little side story. My first ever, cause like I said, off air, I was a track athlete. So I went to a track meet about two hours away in Indianapolis and, uh, I come back and, and my boss is like, you can write the recap. It's like, cool. I finally get to do something other than just sit there and maybe do a clock. Um, <laughs> so I'm riding it on the way home. I'm sitting in my friend's car and we get back wrestling the very next day. I'm helping out with wrestling and he, he pulls up my recap command a, and then backspace. <laughs> he deleted the whole thing. Oh <laughs> and my he goes, God. I'm going to teach you how to do this. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Cause I, like before then I, I like creatively I can write well. It's, it's when I have to it's get, like, yeah. down to the PR stuff is where, I, like, sometimes I struggle. Yeah. Um, so what's it like maybe accepting criticism for something that you think or you believe that you do really, really well? 
No, it's not easy. Let me tell you. I mean, you gotta, I'm the type of person you can tell. It depends on how you tell me. That's going to be a very, very big indicator of if I'm going to be, you know, responsive and positively responsive. And I'm like, um, yeah, it's pretty much how you tell me it. I think if you tell me in a rude way, but I still find some nuggets, I have to step away for a while, Mm -hmm. decompress from it, and then go back and be like, okay, well, what can I do to get better? But if you approach me in a way that I can receive it well, then I don't think it's that hard, but surprisingly or maybe it's not a surprise a lot of people do not know how to deliver criticism very well i'm sure i have not been a hundred percent great at delivering critical things my students would probably tell you that i am mean (laughs) that is also fine (laughs) but i think people have to be very very mindful especially people that are new to supervising like how they approach criticizing because it's not easy for anybody to take criticism whether it's constructive or not and so i think if you can just give it a little bit you know small doses filled with compliments as well this Mm -hmm. is what you do i think that also helps as well and the tone of voice that you use i'm super casual i don't know if that's coming across me this or not but i'm super casual about everything but i do know like sometimes i can tense up and get irritated and so i have to like catch myself so i don't Mm -hmm. like let that come across to an intern because yes that is annoying that you just asked me that or did that but it's not the end of the world and keeping things in balance i always tell people like it doesn't matter if you mess up the stat it can be corrected like everybody calm down yeah so awesome um some things that you mentioned for the creative side of things i mean you, you that has to go with you have to be in touch with your graphic designer in tune with your videographer mm-hmm. and things like that so how do you balance those relationships maybe to somebody that's maybe they're getting an intern that's good at some things whether it be videography or maybe they're stepping into a a staff that that has all those things i mean how do you how do you all i mean because it's not perfect all the time but how do you all keep this like cohesion in order to to develop the own your guys's own voice for each program that you're a part of yeah so i was spoiled at cal because we ended up just becoming like really good friends um the video videographer he he's not there anymore but he we he made a joke in my first day and in passing and then we started laughing and then we became friends and so we just started talking about things and so it just made it easy like oh i have this idea what do you think or how would you approach this and then he introduced me to the graphic designers and they were freaking phenomenal people we still text almost every week still since i've been gone and um i would just like sit in there and we would like shoot shoot the shit and like mm-hmm. talk about regular life or things that we liked. And then I was like, oh, what about doing this? And I remember my first year doing softball. The graphic designer was like, can I do a bunch of like try a bunch of different things out for you? Can I create this for you? Or here I made you a a, a different score graphic so you can update things more often or can I try this? I don't know. It was called Parallax. I think it was one of the things. And I'm like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, sure. And we put some like music on it. And it was just like his creative outlet. And it gave him just some autonomy. I'm like, you literally can do whatever you want. And so I gave him the password to our Instagram. And so he would post things. And like, he just really appreciated that 
he had some creative freedom and not mm-hmm. just like, hey, I need this score graphic or this, um, you know, I don't know, a Pac-12 championship graphic by Wednesday at three. Thanks. Bye. Like, it just, I don't know. It just, it was, I was really spoiled there because like, I don't feel like there was a strategy or approach that I had. It just was like a really, truly organic relationship with both our graphic designers, because I ended up working with volleyball, and I had a, a different graphic designer, and she was phenomenal. She's actually at the Sacramento Kings now, too. Wow. But, yeah, but, like, it was just this organic group that that kind of all, we were all in the same place at the same yeah. time, and we were able to just make really, really, really cool things, and it, was, it just was really natural. So, I can't really speak on the strategy side too much, because I feel like that just happened because we ended up really just liking each other. But I also, but I do think that we all had a voice and we all had a mutual respect and we valued each other's opinions a lot and we trusted each other. We did not agree or see eye to eye on everything. Believe me, I got kicked out the office a couple of times and that's fine. But like, I think they appreciated the fact that I was like, this is what I need created. And Mm -hmm. If I need something tweaked, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, yeah. as as I'm sure people can figure out by the title of this episode, your time at Cal uh, came to an end. Um, how'd you end up at Rocky Top? So yeah, I, I was I have reached my ceiling at Cal, uh, and I needed a new space to grow in. Um, I think it was just one California is super expensive, and I just wanted I just needed something new honestly for sanity's sake and um Tom who's my direct supervisor here at at Tennessee he had reached out to me because I had a mutual friend we had a mutual friend that worked here who had left and he had softball and so he wanted somebody with you know softball experience at a high level and Pac-12 and SEC softball have this like budding rivalry that which which conference is the best for softball uh-huh. and he, he was really impressed with what he saw from our social media he really liked my recaps and so he he had reached out and you know i came to visit and obviously i was blown away by the facilities but it was also just uh closer to family and friends so it just fit like everything that i needed at the time and then i was also going to be able to work with football so there was the professional growth that i was looking mm-hmm. for for a new sport a bigger sport so it kind of was a no-brainer once the, once the opportunity presented itself and the people here have been phenomenal like i really had i've had some of the best especially during football season um it was probably the best five to six months of my freaking entire <laughs> professional career in athletics i've had so much fun i've laughed a lot and that's encouraged which is so weird to me because like He's like, oh, I love hearing you laugh out, out loud because I have the loudest laugh. Probably. <laughs> and I laugh a lot. I play my music really loud. And he's like, loves that. He's like, it just creates a really healthy environment and a fun environment. So, yeah, people here are great. Um, I've learned a lot. The football guy that I was working under, he left. Our, pri- uh, our primary football contact just recently left, which was devastating to me. But I learned so much under him. And he was probably – he's probably the best person I've ever worked under, both just from a knowledge standpoint and just a personality standpoint. So it was, like, really devastating. But it was a really good experience so far. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're happy that 
we get to see what you do at Tennessee. Happy that you're happy down at Tennessee. Yeah, thank uh, you. Can't wait to see what you do. So, um, let's transition to part of the interview. We'd like to ask some fun questions. How does that sound? Not bad. All right. Yeah. First one I have for you is favorite memory in your professional tenure. Favorite memory. Ooh. I, when we when I when we looked at the um, number of followers that we gained for the Salt Cow softball account, it was like the second highest on Instagram of all of Cal sports outside of football. So we were really proud of that. That was the graphic. That was Nava. His name is Nava Mitchell, the graphic designer. We, I was really proud of that moment. I'm like, look at this. And I, like, go through our thread. And I was, like, so proud of, like, all this mm-hmm. work. I love the captions. They were very sarcastic and very silly. And just the just the way the look. I was like, we really built something. And not even trying to build a brand. We just did it. And it just was really authentic. So that was uh, that's been really a pride of a pride. A, a moment of pride of mine. Awesome. Well, uh, if you have one, what's your biggest horror story? <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them I probably can't share. But one, I remember when I first started, um, I was posting like track times. And I kept thinking, I kept misreading either the bios or something. But I kept saying things were career highs or personal records or something and I kept getting phone calls like that is wrong stop tweeting stop tweeting out my whole spirit was deflated I was like oh my goodness and that's I'm like no there's nothing more mortifying than you know posting your work and knowing that every mistake that you made is so publicly visible mm-hmm. but I mean it made me so much more mindful but like I don't even know if I sleep well at night because every time I post a recap I'm like I know there's something wrong in this I'm just waiting to get a phone call from somebody it hasn't happened yet or it hasn't happened recently but yeah Knock those moments yeah <laughs> yeah I know right <laughs> what's so, yeah, um those I think are cringeworthy What's uh, something you're interested to learn more about in this profession? Um, I would one. I really like to figure out like how we can diversify our staff, and because I think one of the issues with doing PR in sports, particularly with football and men's basketball and women's basketball, is that like our staffing doesn't reflect the um, demographics that are on the field. And I often feel like there's a cultural disconnect on how we represent student athletes that are uh, of color or from um, marginalized groups. And I think there, if we're not, if we can't hire more diverse candidates, then there needs to just be training about things to be mindful of, because I've seen some of the things that um, athletic departments have put out and i'm like ooh, that feels feeds into stereotypes mm-hmm. and into like you know some ism some racism some sexism just some some cultural competency things that are lacking and it's because a lot of times i don't think people do it intentionally but it's just like you don't know because you don't know that ex- some that person's experience and you're not aware of that that prejudice that you might have in your mind or that bias that you may have in your mind. And so I think we need to be more mindful of those things moving forward. Even if they're not intentional, they can still be damaging. Mm -hmm. And the student athletes, they do notice those types of things. So, 
Yeah, how, I, this is kind of getting away from the fun questions. How do you think somebody can go about kind of educating themselves so that they don't fall? Because, like, they don't mean... Because I, I do see a lot of these things where, like... And then they get blasted on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen them, too. Like, you send something out. Yeah. Do, they're like, oh, I didn't mean to do this. But it doesn't absolve you from the fact that that's it's what... The, I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's there. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, if, like, if, if the athletics department or school doesn't have somebody on campus that is directly over diversity and inclusion, they might need to hire somebody or at least bring in a consultant. And I think also you need to talk directly to your student athletes, especially your student athletes of color or the ones that are from more impoverished backgrounds, because you can't assume that you can tell the story of somebody if you don't really know their story at all. And they'll be more appreciative and more honest if you talk to them directly. Like, I always ask my the players, especially with the football players, because I think, you know, they're the most visible. And, I mean, if they make a mistake, it is going to be – it's pretty, it's probably, you know, yeah. it's been – yeah. <laughs> And I'm ask, I always ask them if I'm writing a story about my do you mind if I include this? Did I say this correctly? Do you have any feedback? And they're like, no, you did a good job. Or, yeah, no, you know, don't include this. I want to keep this part of my life private. And I respect that. So okay. I think just being mindful of always like the adjectives that you use when you're describing some somebody as well can be um useful yeah and you know talk to talk to your friends of color if you have some or read a, you know read articles i mean there's plenty of information on diversity and inclusion issues out there particularly now awesome um let's see here what uh, traits or characteristics do you think make a good sid um i would say being flexible helps a lot um because you know as you know no day is necessarily the same game day is different than just a regular Tuesday in the office. Um, sometimes you have to go into crisis mode. You need to, you know, you just, you're pulled in so many different directions and you have to give so much information to so many different uh, groups of people, even within the athletics department and externally. So being flexible is probably number one. I think writing is very important. Having a strong writing background or becoming a better writer is essential in my opinion. Okay. I think that's the one thing that I always lean on. And it's not required, but I think it's beneficial to be be creative as well. Yeah. So. Awesome. Um, I know you've only been there a, a short period of time, but next time somebody's in uh, Knoxville, uh, what's your restaurant bar recommendation? to go to sapphire for bars um they have really good music normally they play a little hip-hop there and they have really good um cocktails and uh yes yeah, in the downtown knoxville area so i really like sapphire um food wise seafood i would say go to chesapeake's it's, it's a little expensive but it's it really that's where the freshest seafood is and um balter beer works is really good for brunch they have really good Bloody Marys as well. And they're like $5. It's super cheap to drink here, <laughs> which is my one of my favorite things as well. <laughs> you know, my uh, my uncle just moved out just outside of Knoxville. And I'm oh, like, yeah. 
And I'm and now that you said that, I'm like, you know what? That makes kind of sense. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's actually just big enough for me. Like, I mean, you know, the SEC towns are not very, very big at all. They're mm-hmm. all top college towns. So I was telling my boss, I'm like, this is just big enough for me to be okay here. Yeah, so. good. Um, uh, outside of work, what do you do? Have fun. I don't do anything anymore. Gosh, I feel like I'm always working. Um, so my sister and nephew move, uh, live in Charlotte, so that's like a three-and-a-half-hour drive. So I've gone to Charlotte a couple times. They have direct flights to Miami, which is my favorite place to go. So And they're like under $200, so I go there when I can. Um, I do like to hike a lot. Hmm. Um, I think that right up place. in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I picked that up in California. I've only been hiking once since I've been here, so I've actually been slipping. Um, but yeah, I like to go to bars. I like to um, dance, I guess. So like someplace with some good music. Um, and generally speaking, or I just like to be at home resting, honestly, if I can. <laughs> so Okay. Um, if anybody had any questions for you, want to follow up with you, what would be the best way to do it? Email me at akila at utk.edu or on t- I'm super active on Twitter um, at Akila Laster. Okay. So. Perfect. Well, yeah. Akila, thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it. No, I appreciate you reaching out. This is awesome. I really like it. It's a really well-run podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm very flattered. <laughs> thank you very much. We appreciate it.